Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. I'm here talking with Benny Gill, who is a global CTO for Cloud Services and Nutanix. How are you doing, Benny? Benny? Pretty good. So tell me a bit about your background. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I've been at uh, Nutanix for uh, eight years now. Yeah. Uh, since the early days. Uh, right now, I'm a CTO cloud services, uh, um, looking at how we can enable the Nutanix technology to run on multiple clouds and also uh, how we can bring cloud services to our customers. So what is your role in telling that area and getting in different cloud services? So essentially, uh, as you know, we have built a Nutanix operating system. We call it the enterprise cloud operating yeah. system. And any operating system, I mean, uh, is uh, to be successful, it needs to run on multiple devices and multiple clouds, uh, if you will. So um, we have uh, just recently announced our own uh, cloud services offering uh, called Xi. Yeah. Um, that's just the beginning. We're also working with a whole bunch of uh, um, partners to enable similar services uh, all across the globe. So I can't talk too much about you know uh, what is uh, coming ahead, but that's the area of my focus. <coughs> and uh, how secure is your setup in, in uh, Nutanix? Yeah, security is actually um, a result of a lot of things. You know, result of technology, process, people, and yeah. so on. Right. Um, it's a very broad topic. Uh, at Nutanix, uh, since uh, the very beginning, we've been focused on security a lot. You know, one is uh, just from a security development life cycle. Yeah. And also, we were um, lucky to get um, a lot of our early traction from government, uh, you know, around uh, in the U.S. as well as in around the world in different uh, countries. And... Um, so we've been uh, forced to be quite rigorous in terms of security certifications and testing and so on. Um, in terms of uh, design and technology, security comes about in a couple of ways. So one is making sure that what you put in the product is the minimum surface area of attack, yeah. right? So if you look at what we've done, the work we've done with the, the Acropolis hypervisor, um, we've taken the traditional KVM hypervisor, but uh, we have trimmed it down to what's bare minimum, what's necessary, and also removed the um, need to log in as root and do certain things by ma managing it centrally. Yeah. Um, so all that. So that's one aspect. You know, how how do you design the system? Does it require human intervention, or things are automated? That's very important. The second aspect of security is uh, just around upgrades. Um, you know, there are security vulnerabilities uh, found every month. Yeah. But uh, a lot of customers, you know, you'd be surprised, you know, are not able to upgrade because upgrades are hard. So that's one of the things we focus quite a lot on, as you must have also noticed in, you know, um, the presentations we've done, is that upgrading anything on the hardware, whether it's BIOS all the way to our software, We've made sure it's easy to do. Mm -hmm. Plus, you're able to do it while your applications are running, so you don't have to wait for a weekend or a night. Yeah. And um, that makes the system more st uh, secure as well. For me, the thing is, if you're doing something and suddenly it tells you you have to update, and when you're updates at a time, you don't want to update. If you can get it, like we did, you can do it at a time that suits you best, uh, yeah. minimum disruption. Yes. Yeah. 
So that's what uh, enables uh, our, our customers to uh, keep up with whatever security uh, patches are needed uh, without uh, having to worry about doing it manually or doing it at a time when uh, applications are can be down. Yeah. Right. And also, what about stuff like AI? Is that going to be future for you guys regarding security? AI and security. So, um, see, AI is also a spectrum, yeah. right? Um, I think a lot can be done even without going into neural network AIs. You know, it's just simple learning in machine yeah. uh, can be done. But uh, even before that, if you look at what we've done today, so for example, we have embedded uh, salt stack into our product. I mean, the customer doesn't know or touch feel that. Yeah. But essentially, we are looking at if the security settings on the system is actually deviating from normal. Yeah. Right. And uh, proactively, we can detect it and fix it. And this happens because we have embedded salt stack. That's one example. It's not AI, but those are the things that you have to first do before yeah. you jump into AI. Now, we do use AI in our uh, product for uh, capacity planning and trending and troubleshooting. Yeah. So the basic, the engines are there. Um, now, extending that to uh, towards security is sort of a natural, logical next step. Um those things come into play uh, at large scale. Yeah. Uh, that's when it becomes really... Uh, you can, you know, can imagine valuable. if you can know, if all the time you're seeing threats and you can distinguish a, 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 something that isn't threat and what is a threat, and you learn from that. So whenever, when it comes to you again, you know, hold on, that's not a threat, but that <coughs> is a threat. Yeah. And yeah. you know how to deal with it accordingly. Correct. So we, uh, we do anomaly detection today, uh, mainly from a performance perspective, not necessarily from a security perspective. But if there are some security uh, breaches, then you might also see it as an anomaly in terms of you know what's happening. Our system is able to detect if uh, if a virtual machine starts behaving differently, yeah. either CPU, memory, or or IOPS. So we do have an, an anomaly detection. We just don't call it a security feature, yeah, because uh, you know security is a lot more. Yeah, <coughs> and I guess you said about performance. If you can detect the performance of of, the, of a certain the thing isn't working the way it should work. You then notice a problem. You can correct it. Yeah. If it's, if it's suddenly it's going too slow or suddenly going too fast, you realize why is it doing this? So yeah. So the good thing about um, our system uh, is that all the layers of the product yeah. uh, are under the control of the same system. That's mm -hmm. why we call it an operating system. It's not a stack yeah. where you collected a bunch of things where different layers come from different places, and you know these companies don't talk to each other. So Having um, an operating system allows us to actually, uh, if, if there's a performance issue on one application, then we can look at compute, storage, networking, how the cluster is working um, from the same place. Yeah. Plus, um, the benefit is that for us, the metrics of these layers is not like a foreign entity that we'll have to translate and yeah. be compatible with. These are our own entities. And that really simplifies um, troubleshooting. There's not much guesswork because we know what it is. And I guess basically you might decide at certain times of the day you can find certain things are going to use more power. So you realize that, and then you can other parts. Uh, so you realize certain parts need more power. So you can you can shut down other bits or, or, or give them less power to compensate. Yeah, what we do is uh, we call it a cropless uh, dynamic scheduling, yeah. which essentially uh, looks at your um, CPU memory and storage IOPS needs yeah. over, uh, again, that's another place where we have machine learning. Yeah. Um, and it looks at it for a few weeks. And after that, it has a model to predict when certain VM or application 
requires resources. Yeah. Based on that, it's able to move these around so that uh, you don't hit a, a you know the the threshold of the machine itself. Yeah. And uh, th- that allows you to have better quality of service overall. Because I guess if you can do that, then no one's gonna have to, have to worry about because it's peak time. Yeah. How we cope. It will know basically what software is and use peak time, not software. You can either have minimized in the background or using this power and direct the power to where it's needed. Yeah, so we just move it to the you know, powerful machine where it can get all the resources it needs. And how scalable and adaptable is Nutanix? Uh, so that has been our sort of uh, uh, the core philosophy yeah. is um, we need to build systems that are scalable. I mean, if you're building a a cloud foundation, it's all about scalability. When we started the company, uh, we were solving the storage problem. Yeah. And storage systems were mostly scale-up back then, yeah. right? In a, in a dual controller systems, you can shove in as many disks that you want, but once it's full, it's full. And it's um, so we started with scale-out, mm-hmm. but start small as a yeah. philosophy, right? Um, we re- wrote storage using components like Zookeeper and Cassandra. Yeah. And those are known to uh, run for very large data centers, right? Tens of thousands. Like Cassandra was known to scale a lot. The problem was those systems were not used for building storage systems, so there are certain features that were missing. Yeah. And we built those. So just in the core of the system that we have, scale is not a problem, right? It's, it's never been a problem. Um the the customers look at um, you know how to deploy Nutanix as how big uh, failure domain do you want yeah. right and that's how they'll carve out the data center so if you have a very massive data center then your failure domains can be bigger uh, and you have like sixteen different you know failure domains that's fine but if you have only if you're gonna have only ten nodes then you might want to split even those two ten into you know two or three based yeah. on based on, so. So that's on the scalability side, um, storage, compute, and also when we did the hypervisor management, we made sure it's scalable. It's not a single point of failure like we found in other hypervisor yeah. vendors. Right? Um, in terms of adaptability, um, what is the question directed towards? Like adapting to different hardware? Different, different hardware and software. I see, yeah. So yeah, when we started, we just had one har- hardware SKU. Yeah. Right? That's how we started. It was very prescriptive. And um, it was built so that you can run VDI workloads really well. And that was uh, uh, quite successful. And since then, customers have been asking, okay, we need the same kind of experience, but different kinds of applications. So then we have created uh, a series of different, uh, you know, form factors Mm -hmm. that can be supported, storage-heavy, compute-heavy, storage-only you know, compute only, um, and so on. And now we also have IoT devices that are very small. So in terms of adapting to the form factors, um, there's nothing in the technology that limits it. Yeah. But in but we take care of uh, the hardware up. Yeah. So therefore, it takes a certain time to qualify which hardware uh, to add to the list. And by now, I think our list is uh, pretty wide. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you know, most of the major vendors are supported. Uh, different form factors, uh, GPU or, uh, you know, a very large memory. If you want to run SAP HANA, all of that is uh, supported. Because yeah, I know for years ago, it used to be just basically 
digital and, and just uh, IBM were, hard, were doing servers. And now you get guys like Dell getting in the market. So in other words, you've got to be able to support them as well. Yeah, yeah and we do. Um, see, essentially, we are a software company yeah. and we build software. Uh, but we're very careful about hardware uh, because we are responsible for the application's health. And, uh, you know, hardware is important. That's where the application runs. Yeah, and you got to make sure that you support the hardware that's been used, not some obsolete. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the hardware, we have an HFCL. Uh, yeah. So if the hardware belongs to that uh, list, uh, it's, it's fine. Um, we are uh, very particular around um, storage uh, controller, yeah. uh, you know, because if you lose the switch or if you lose the uh, CPU memory, it's fine. But if you lose the disks or, you know, if the disk controller lies that it wrote to the disk, but it did not, and that's where the real problems start. Yeah. Um, so uh, we make sure that all those things are tested and before we qualify and certify for our customers. Okay, anything else you want to add to the podcast? Um, no, I think it's... Uh, it's a very exciting time. I mean, I thought when I was st- starting with Nutanix about eight years ago that it was uh, pretty exciting then, but uh, every year it becomes even more interesting as a as a challenge. When we started, it was, um, the problem was, okay, how do we solve storage? Yeah. And EMC is number one, but, you know, there's this new idea and maybe uh, it will succeed. But now we're we have a much bigger challenge. We are looking at not just storage, but how can we simplify the entire data center? And, uh, you know, with every passing year, it becomes more and more interesting and also more and more doable. So Yeah, because a lot of companies now, so you want to have data center in the, on the premises. Yeah. And if you guys can help, can help them achieve that, yeah, that's going to be good for them. They don't have to worry about where the data stored and how secure is it, because, you know, our own guys are, are, are working with us, so we, we guarantee that, our guys working with it, it's, it's secure. Exactly. And uh, we not only want to make their our customers' private data centers successful, we also want to help them be able to leverage the public cloud in a seamless way. Yeah, and also with you guys, no one's going to know that the data center is actually on the premises because there's no infrastructure that says that, which is even better. Yeah. yeah. So that's our end goal. I mean, our end goal is to make uh, the cloud invisible. Um, yeah. So it's you know just like electricity or water, um, that's what we want to do, and uh, um, we are in a good spot. We are not really uh, tied to a particular cloud or a particular hardware. Um, we just want to be the operating system for something like that to happen. So you're like the windows of the cloud. Pretty much, yeah. Right. Thank you yeah. very much for that. Thank you.